0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kuchanov, and in celebration of Halloween and the official kickoff of the holiday season, we are talking about chocolate today. I feel like chocolate is probably the most—what am I trying to say here— there are more chocolate episodes or chocolate-themed episodes of the Verfo Contessa than like anything else. Maybe cheese? Eh, I don't know. Either way, because uh, I was I was trying to pick something that was Halloween. She doesn't have many Halloween episodes, of course. There's like the infamous Halloween episode where she snaps her fingers and then disappears at the end of it, which we covered already. I don't know if that was Robbie. Was that you that was on that episode, or was it Tony? one of those two guys. I can't remember. I can't remember anything these days, uh let alone, you know, a year ago. My goodness. But there was another Halloween episode um and I think I did that one too and I was really sad because I have like a spreadsheet, like a Google Sheets thing to keep all my episodes and like the what I have done and what I haven't done just in case cuz there's so many now. I mean, my goodness, that I I feel like sometimes I do repeat the same episodes. I would be so sad. And I was starting to take notes on an episode that I already did, a Halloween episode. And I was like, wait, I think I remember this one. It was the one with like Dylan's candy bar. Like the Dylan, I guess, uh, came in. Is is Dylan a female? I should know this. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that anyway. Um, but happy Halloween to those who... Uh, Celebrates. Uh, I know it's a little bit after Halloween, but you know it's all relative, and really, truly, the kickoff of the holiday season. I mean, I'm ready to put up my Christmas tree already, and I know that's. It's very divisive to talk about these things nowadays because people get very upset. The Christmas doesn't officially begin until after Thanksgiving, but really, it's just about that joy, that nostalgia, like that feeling of the holidays that I just want to, I want to hold on to that a little bit longer than the holidays, you know? So I'm, I want to start earlier. So we have, um, we're having like a little party. We have like a fall fest, what is it, what is it called? A fall harvest party every year. I don't know if we had it last year, but, uh, you know, we hosted it at our house. It's like a potluck. Um, it's really one of the only few times of the year where like we really can get everyone all together, which is really nice. So looking forward to that, but I after that I'll probably start putting up some Christmas stuff. Maybe not all at once, you know, like phase 1 of Christmas stuff. Like the tree's not going up yet, folks. So I'm one I'm just too lazy to do it. Um, and we have two Christmas trees in our house, one in the bedroom and one in the living room. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's more of an effort to do that. So I'm excited for all my little tchotchkes though because I am a thrifter. I'm a yard sale queen. I love like searching for holiday stuff. Um, We just went to a vintage mixer uh, over the weekend and found a couple really, like, there was some really great stuff there, but a lot of it was super expensive. I'm like, should this be $70 for like salt and pepper shakers? I don't know. Um, I didn't buy them though. I'm not a salt and pepper shaker kind of guy. I know that's like definitely something that people collect, but I bought a few Christmas things that I'm excited for and, uh, I usually collect stuff throughout the year, so when it's time to decorate, I get really excited because I forget what I bought. So, looking forward to decking the halls. Um I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, I don't know. Nothing, really. I feel like I had all these things to, to say, but maybe I'll just remember it as I talk through this episode. But, happy to be here with you folks. Hope you're all having a good week. And I think we should talk some chocolate. Let's get into this. This is Back to Basics. Season 3, episode 9, and this is called All About Chocolate. So Ina begins. I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and it's back to basics, and this is All About Chocolate. I'm making spectacular chocolate cornucopias with my friend, chocolatier Bridget Brownie. I'm filling one of the cornucopias with outrageously delicious rum raisin chocolate truffles, and I'm filling the other cornucopia with chocolate-dipped apricots. I never imagined I'd be able to make something like that. Then, I'm turning up the volume with spicy Mexican hot chocolate. And then, it's Ask Ina, and I'm here to solve all your chocolate dilemmas. Okay, let's get into this. A few things on this menu I really like. A few things are just like... Actually, there's not really a lot to this episode. It's like, even when she went through that intro, I was like, there's not a lot going on here. But Ask Ina kind of brings it all together, so... Anyway, so Ina starts out by telling us, um, she was on a recent book tour and that's how she met Bridget Brownie. And, um, she sent Ina a cornucopia filled with truffles. And Ina says, it's amazing. And I can't imagine how she did it. But before Bridget shows up and all this other stuff too, Ina is showing us how to make these rum raisin truffles that she is going to put into the cornucopia. So this recipe for, um, the cornucopia the, is, is by weight, which means, uh, you know, Ina goes into this whole thing about how that means it's more precise, yada, yada, yada. Um, so she starts out with some heavy cream, of course, that she puts into a double boiler uh, in order for it to get hot, but not necessarily uh, boiling. We never want our milk to boil. Um, so next she adds 40 grams of raisins into a bowl, which she adds into uh, like a mini, almost looks like... um. I don't know. It's like it's a mini food processor, but it almost looks like it's an immersion blender on top. And it's just like a small little canister. It's really cute. So she puts the raisins into that and then she adds some good rum in after that and she gives that a blitz. It looks disgusting, Um, but, you know, it all it all comes together. So next she chops up some milk chocolate. Um, I don't know about you folks, but I love the sound of chocolate being chopped or like watching it and hearing it, I guess. I don't know. It's just very relaxing to me. I don't really love doing it myself. It's kind of a pain in the ass, (laughs) but it's really, I don't know, sometimes when it's just like beautiful shards or sometimes when it's just that like little like, I don't know, it sounds like knocking on a door or something the way that like it like nestles in there once the knife gets in. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I I find it relaxing. Um, So she adds the chopped chocolate into the warm cream that's in that double boiler. And she also adds a tablespoon of butter into that for some richness. And she gives that a big stir. And then she turns off the heat and adds that rum raisin mixture. I would try these. I will say, like, I'm... Again, I'm not a rum guy, and raisins can be hit or miss. I don't really love them in chocolate. Like, I'm not running after, like, raisinettes, you know? Keon really likes them. I think that's, like... I don't know if it's his number one candy of choice at the theater but like a movie theater but I'm, I'm not into that but maybe you know I haven't tried them in a while to be honest maybe it's one of those things where like my taste buds have changed maybe I'll give them a try but I'm not really excited about it um, so I think I, I wrote these notes down but I feel like I missed a step here so I think I'm pretty sure she just lets all of this cool at room temperature I don't think she puts it into the fridge. But maybe she does. None of these details really matter. But for some reason, I'm making a big deal out of it. Um, and then she she scoops these, of course, into tiny little balls. She says with a tiny ice cream scoop, but really it just looks like a melon baller. But it has that little mechanism that like it that makes that little like sound where it just like falls out that like, it, you know, we all know what I'm talking about. Um, she says you'll get 35 to 40 truffles out of this batter. So she lets those sit to the side, and it's time to make the chocolate coating for the truffles. So she has to temper this chocolate, which essentially melts the chocolate without getting the temperature too high. It's basically, I think I've talked about this before, I feel like I've covered an episode, but Ina accomplishes this, of course, by microwaving half the chocolate in 27, 27, 22nd 20 intervals for maybe, I don't know how many times she did it. Like she's, I think she did it like three times. And then it was one of those things where like you fast forward and suddenly it's like luscious and smooth. But the, the trick also is to incorporate the rest of the, I guess, like room temp chocolate that she didn't melt into that. And then it just like melts beautifully and we're, we're good to go. So she gets she gives that all a stir and um now she gets out. Oh my gosh, this is so perfect. I have to pick up my phone here because we got we got an Ina squawk. I love when she squawks. Um she basically so to set this up. She is ready to coat the truffles and she gets two just like regular spoons like that you would use to eat with. Um and she is like going to toss them between the two spoons. I feel like I would have used forks for this cuz I feel like spoon like it's nice to have the fork so the chocolate can, like, drip out of it. I don't know. But they turned out being... They looked really good in the end. But anyway, Ina drops a spoon into the bowl of chocolate, and she lets out a squawk, so here it is. I hope the volume's not too loud, but let's see. Okay, here we go. Okay, now I'm going to start coating the truffles. Two spoons. Ah! I just dropped the spoon in it. <laughs> I can't even, like, imitate that. Like... I don't know. It's early in the morning. So maybe I'm I'm not like in my squawking voice yet, but it's, I just, I want, I'm too lazy to do this, but I want like a super cut of all of Ina's squawks, like her best squawks, like her gasps. Like, I don't know. Anytime she says, yikes, I just like, I want, I need a soundboard. That's what I should do is just make a soundboard of the squawk and just like press it anytime I need it. Like, and I would also want like a, hmm. Um, and what else? What are some other goods like Ina sound effects? Like the rubbing of the hands like this together. She's like, okay, let's get started. Um, so maybe I'll do that. It sounds really hard though, so I don't know. <laughs> um anyway, so she she you know, I, I said before I would use the forks, but she's she's doing okay with the spoons. It looks a little messy. Like when you put it down on the parchment, it just looks like there was a like a puddle of chocolate. And that's always the worst. You want like the bottom of it, of that truffle to be a little bit rounded, but not like oozing. Um, She does say that you want them to be a little bit messy because it's supposed to represent the truffles that pigs look for. And to be honest, I don't think I ever knew that. Like before I started watching the Barefoot, Barefoot Contessa that like truffles are a thing. Is that where truffle butter comes from? I have no idea. I should have done this research. I'm sure everyone's just, like, screaming at their phones right now, like, duh. But, um, I don't know. I just live a simple life here in Pittsburgh. I didn't know about these pigs. So, uh, I'm not a country boy. I'm a, am eh, like a suburban boy, I guess, slash city boy now. But anyway, um, it'd be fun to watch pigs look for them. Pigs are cute. Um, I don't know where I am right now in my notes, uh, so she ge- oh she gives one a bite. She tastes one of the truffles, and she loves it. And this is right up Ina's alley, too. Like, I think she loves a rum raisin moment. I think that's, like, another... Throughout the years of watching Barefoot Contessa, I think that's one of her favorite sort of dessert flavor profiles. Um, again, not against it, but I would try this. I, I really think... I think I've said this before too like I don't love like fudge any longer like I can't do it. Like when I was a kid I would like pound some fudge and my dad I remember my dad specifically saying like when you grow up you're not going to find this as like good like cuz he would take a bite of fudge and it would be so, like so sweet and he would only have a piece meanwhile I, my face was like covered in chocolate um <laughs> fudge. And I was just like, why aren't you having more? And he was like, ah, it's it's sweet. You'll know what I'm talking about when you're older. And now I certainly understand. I just can't, I can't do it. Um, but I would try one of these. I guess that's the point that they're, they're meant to just be, you know, maybe one or two at most. So yeah, truffles. Um, okay, so now we're fast forwarding just a bit. We have Bridget in the kitchen now. She has a business called Cocoa Pod. I like Bridget. I think she had... I think she was kind of nervous, but overall, like she had really good energy. She was smiling the whole time. Like, I think her and Ina um, worked really well. She had like a few interesting things to say, which we're going to get into. So, um, I tried looking up Coco Pod on Instagram and I couldn't find the exact Coco Pod. I was going to follow her. Just um, probably follow her, like, follow her, not the Coco Pod, see if I could find her. But um, I'll do that after I record here. So, it's time to make these chocolate cornucopias so Bridget tells us that she started out um by tempering some dark chocolate in the microwave just like Ina and uh she basically it's like one of those things where you see her do it it's almost like those like flashback moments where Ina's like let me show you how I made it so you um she poured half of the chocolate into this cone shaped mold and dumped out the excess making sure that all the sides were covered and you know none of the like sides of the cornucopia are too thin. Um, she puts it in the fridge right side up for a few minutes and uh, to let it set while she gets work, uh, gets to work on making the leaves for the cornucopia. And this is just like standard chocolate mold stuff. You know, she puts, she has a leaf mold and she puts a little scoop in each of them. She puts those in the, to the fridge And then to be honest, I got kind of lost. Like uh, there's like another step that I I think I watched this like three times and my brain could just not compute. I was also like taking notes last night at like 9.45 p.m., which is late, but not late. Like it was just a long day. And I was just like, my brain cannot compute. But I feel like something else happened in between there. But really, once that all sets, she takes it out of the fridge and then uses the remaining Chocolate as glue to stick on the leaves. It's really cute. Like I, I will say, like I was impressed by this, and it doesn't seem too hard. Like really, the molds do a lot of the work, um, but it's also using like good chocolate, you know. Um, so next, uh, since the cornucopias are now sort of assembled, um, basically, she's uh, dipping some fruits in some semi-sweet chocolate, and uh, I guess it's like well, she said it was uh, apricots, aka apricots. And then I don't know what the other thing was. It looked like orange peels, like candied orange peels. That's what I'm going to go with. It might be something else. But Ina did say something about like chocolate and orange is one of her favorite uh, flavor profiles. And I got to say this. I, you know, I've railed about chocolate and fruit before. But if I was to choose one of the chocolate and fruit combinations, it would be orange and chocolate. I know I've said it before where I just I found it repulsive. Again, I would eat it. But I'm not running towards it. But I I don't know. Something about my um uh, you know, in my later years, maybe I'm I I'm I'm kinda craving it, to be honest. So I don't know what's happening to me to me, folks. But you will never see me like you'll never see me eating like a black forest cake. Like I'd rather well gosh, I don't know what I would rather do, but I would not like to eat that. It just sounds disgusting. But maybe I've not had the right black forest cake. I don't know. Um Oh, goodness, where am I? Okay, so um, they are dipping the fruit in semi-sweet chocolate. And Ina says, oh, good, that's the kind I like when Bridget tells her that it's semi-sweet chocolate. So I'm glad that it passed the test. And as they're dipping the the fruit into the, the chocolate, Ina says, you know what I like to dip in the chocolate? Pretzels. I love the salty and the sweet. And Bridget has, like, no reaction to this. The only thing she says, like, this is how it goes. She says you know what I like to dip in the chocolate? Pretzels. And Bridget says pretzels. She, it almost like she repeats the word pretzels with like no inflection as if that is like <laughs> like the dumbest idea that she's ever heard. Maybe she was nervous. It's just really, again, no one's probably going to notice this except for me, but I'm always kind of looking for the nuances and like just weird things that happen when people interact with Ina. I would probably be a wreck on her show, but I would be like, I would totally agree with Ina even if I didn't like chocolate and pretzels which I don't feel particularly one way or another I know it's like a big flavor combo that like so many people like um but I I like it I'll take a chocolate pretzel you know I'm not gonna be like but I if if Ina said that to me I would definitely be like oh my gosh yes I love pretzels and chocolate I also love the peanut butter pretzels and chocolate I would just like go on a whole tangent But all Bridget said was pretzels. That's exactly how she said it. So uh, anyway, they let, I guess they let the fruit set. It sets pretty quickly. And then Ina gives Bridget a taste of her rum raisin truffles that she made. And Bridget says that they're awesome. And Ina exclaims, she's like, yes. And she puts like both arms up in the air, almost like raising the roof, but not. And she does a little like, she does this like little wiggle victory dance. It's very cute. Um, uh, it's so funny because I feel like Ina is just so, they're probably both worried about the same things. Like Bridget probably, probably wants like to impress Ina and, uh, and Ina wants to impress Bridget. So they're just like on edge the whole time, but it was very cute. And, um, so now it's time to put the fruit into the cornucopias with Ina's newfound, you know, confidence that the, the truffles are, uh, awesome, quote unquote, uh, so Ina is trying out the fruit. She's like just giving it a little bit of a nibble. I think that's where she said that she likes the orange and chocolate combo. And Bridget is like, Ina, I have another surprise for you. And Ina was like, for me? And she brings out this box. I would say, I would say this, the presentation, I don't know why she had it resting in this box because it was like, it was like a basket almost. It's a smash cake, first of all, and not the smash cake that have become, that have sort of like rose into prominence um uh like in the past I don't know like 10-15 years like you know on a first birthday where the baby just like smashes it Keon and I always joke he (laughs) he said he would he would love a smash cake he wants to just like get in there with his hands and I I agree I think it'd be a lot of fun to just like eat a cake with your hands and just like go to town um Keon's birthday's coming up maybe I'll get him a smash cake Um, But anyway, it was it it looks like a cupcake and it was made out of chocolate. There's no cake involved, I guess. Um, But she had it in this like cardboard box with like the tape on it. I don't know if maybe she just like transported it that way and didn't like think to take it out of the box. But it it doesn't look great. Again, these details do not matter, but I would have taken it out of the box. Um, Ina was very excited by all of this. Um, So basically what you do, like I said, it's made of chocolate and you smash it and open in open in order to open it up and get the goodies that are inside of it which is more chocolate so Bridget hands Ina a mallet and Ina goes to town with a hammer and I I I didn't write down like what she said but it was really funny like Ina was you know she was into it she was a good sport and so she she hammers it not to like pieces but enough to sort of like rip into it a little bit and there is um, some white chocolate bark inside, which we all know Ina loves and has made before on previous episodes. Uh, and there's some more truffles inside too. And it's just, uh, it's just really cute. Uh, so that's the end of the Bridget segment. So thanks for playing Bridget, but goodbye. So now it's time for Mexican hot chocolates. And this starts, uh, let's talk about hot chocolate first. Cause I, I like hot chocolate. I think like most of my childhood and well into adulthood has only been like the instant hot chocolate. I've had some like fancy hot chocolates when I lived in New York. Like the, I feel like, is it Bryant park that has like all those shops and stuff. Like I've had a chocolate there, but it was like, again, as I get older, it was almost too sweet. It was like thick. (laughs) It's like, I, I don't know if I even finished it. Um, you don't need more than like a Dixie cup size of that. Like I just, I don't know. And I really love chocolate. I don't know what it was about it, but I was just like, this is too much for me. Um, When I think of hot chocolate, I always think of the movie, the Santa Claus, the first one, the original and the best one. I think that's an underrated Christmas movie. Like it was huge when it came out. At least it was in my house. Like my grandpa who lived next door, like my mom's dad, like he would watch that movie on loop. And I don't know what it was. I mean, it's a great movie. Tim Allen is amazing. And it's the little kid charlie he's so cute um i think it's really funny but i feel like it's not in the lexicon of like top 10 christmas movies sure there's like like people gravitate towards like elf and you know a christmas story or christmas vacation or a polar express which is my dad's favorite movie he just said that to me like 2 weeks ago and i was like the polar express but, which is good like i i'm more prone to the book. Like I love the book. I think it's so beautiful. I remember like my elementary school teachers reading it, it to me. Um, there's something about the animation and the polar express that like freaks me out a little bit. Um, but the music is beautiful. Like that Josh Groban song, like forget about it, like instant tears. So, um, this is all to say that hot chocolate's very good <laughs> and I've never made it homemade myself. So I should, I should do it. Uh, this holiday season. Maybe I will. I would love a white chocolate. I think Ina's made one of those before with maybe a little bit of Grand Marnier in there. That would be yummy. So anyway, this starts with two cups of whole milk. And this made me laugh so hard. She was like, Ina says, you can use low fat milk, but it will never taste as good. Or you can use half and half and it'll be amazing. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, because of course it would be amazing to use half and half. Um, But I just love the way that she hates low-fat milk. Like, I'm sure it obviously would not taste as good as, like, you know, whole milk. We all know that. But, like, sometimes you gotta... It's too rich. But I guess if you're only having this every once in a while, then it, you know, not too big of a deal. So into the saucepan, the milk goes along with some brown sugar. Uh, Ina tells us that Frank Newbold is on his way because he is a connoisseur of chocolate. Hot chocolate. Um connoisseur connoisseur I sounded very Pittsburgh when I said that oh god connoisseur um so we get some footage of Frank driving in his car and he tells us that he and Ina have had uh, hot chocolate everywhere they go they've had it in Paris they've had it at San Francisco uh New York City etc so that's kind of a fun thing to do though I like that idea of like the two of them like anytime they're somewhere where there is a hot chocolate like let's try it um I think that's really cute. And I like Frank. I think Frank is also... Um, I don't know. I, I, I need more Frank. Like, we always see Michael. We see TR. We see Miguel. Um, and Frank is just, like, a constant. He's such a sweetie. And we only see him every once in a while. But I'm i am glad to see some Frank on this episode. Uh, so now we're back in the kitchen. Ina is chopping up some bittersweet chocolate, which is interesting because she just said she how she loves semi-sweet chocolate. But she says something about how this bittersweet chocolate seems to work best in this recipe. So to the bittersweet chocolate that's already in the, the milk, she adds some good vanilla, some good cinnamon and a pinch of cayenne pepper. So let's talk about this. I, I would try it. I don't know. I feel like it would just need, it would need to be the perfect amount of cayenne pepper. Like I, I, I'm not like Keon loves a good, like, chocolate bar with like a chili in it not like chunks of chili in it but like you know spicy chocolate i don't know i don't know i would try it i don't know why i'm going on about this but um there's that uh so we flash back to frank in the car and he says Ina always makes fun of him for liking hot chocolate so much but he's excited for the mexican hot chocolate i don't think that's grounds to make fun of anyone about i love hot chocolate so it's but it's cute um, so Ina gives the hot chocolate a strain just to kind of, you know, get anything, any chunks of cinnamon or in case the chocolate didn't melt all the way. Uh, and she has these two little white cups on saucers. It's very cute. And she has a cinnamon stick as a stirrer, uh, which I think is also a very cute touch. And so Frank walks in, this is a very quick segment. It felt kind of rushed to be honest, cause you know, we don't see Frank too often. So I was looking, looking forward to like seeing them interact together, but, Basically, Frank walks in and Ina says, are you ready for some hot chocolate? And they he she she hands him a cup of it. He takes a sip and he says, it's good. But I don't know if he actually really likes it. And then Ina says something about like the the what is it called? Cayenne pepper. And Frank says caliente. And then he gives a big smile and Ina laughs. And Frank says, why don't we go to Mexico for this next time? Sit on the beach. I cannot imagine Ida in Mexico. I would love to see it. Um, But I just can't imagine her. I don't know. She would be in some fancy resort, I feel. But who knows? I wonder if she has been to Mexico. That's what I would ask her if I ever met her. Um, So, and that's kind of it. And she's like, all right, bye, Frank. Um, So now it's time for Ask Ina. So the first video is from Kathy W. from Florida. And Kathy wants to know what qualifies as good chocolate. And this is actually a pretty good question. So Ina says anything more that's... She usually buys um, 70% cocoa or cacao, I don't know, um, or higher. But if you get too high, sometimes it's, like, really gross. Like, there's not a lot of sweetness in it. It's just, like, bitter chocolate. So I think 70% is a good, like, median number between, like, the higher percentage and, like, you know, just super sweet. And she says that any chocolate from Switzerland, France, and Belgium are going to be a good bet for just finding good quality. So I thought that was a pretty good tip. Uh, so next is another video from Evelyn Wong from Washington. And she says she's planning on making Ina's buttercream cake, and she wants to know the best way to cut into a tiered cake. Um, so Ina just happens to have a chocolate cake handy, a tiered chocolate cake Uh, So I guess this is really the secret. She has cardboard circles in between each layer, like at the bot, like at the base of each cake. Um, And another, another tip is she also runs the knife under hot water so that it just like glides very easily through the cake. And I think that's the question she was asking. But I remember when I worked at, um, I used to work at a place called Kidville in New York City. And the way that we would cut cake was so cool. Like we would, it would be a circle cake And then basically you just cut like a smaller circle in the middle and then you just cut like tiny little pieces off of the outer circle, if that makes sense. So they're little squares. You don't go all the way to the center like a pie piece. It's just like a little square, probably like the size of, I don't know, because it was a kid's party. It was just like, I don't know, maybe like a card in a deck of cards or something like that. And it was square. So the cool thing was you could take the center home for later as well, too. And I've also seen like videos where you just like cut directly in half and then just slice like long pieces that way you could push the like the edges of it together so it kind of makes like almost look like a football if you cut a lot in like in the middle of it I don't know if any of this makes sense but hopefully someone knows what I'm talking about (laughs) so um but I think she answered Evelyn's question there um So now we have an email from Jane Zapazian, and she wants to know if fondue chocolate can be used to um, do chocolate dipped strawberries. And Ina basically says no, because fondue is like a chocolate ganache, which has cream in it. So it kind of it, it never really fully hardens back up. But for chocolate covered strawberries, you have to use just only chocolate, but temper the chocolate like she did in the microwave. And. She dips in a few chocolate um, or a few strawberries in chocolate to show us like how to do it, and then she sets them aside for a little bit later. And last but not least, we have an email from Jerry, and he asks about coffee and chocolate. He says, "What kind of coffee should he use to put in chocolate recipes?" We all know that Ina will sometimes add chocolate to like a cake or you know a frosting or something like that, which I. I'm always excited. It makes the chocolate taste more like chocolate and it has that, it is just, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's so perfect. So Ina says she usually uses two types. She does just like brewed coffee from, you know, nothing special, just like, you know, whatever she had that morning, or she uses instant espresso or instant coffee. And this is something I learned, maybe not for like the baking part, but I think I saw this on TikTok if you ever want to make instant espresso or instant coffee pour the amount of grinds or whatever into the cup and you're supposed to use I don't think it's supposed to be ice cold water but just like regular water from the uh, like the tap just like a little splash of it enough to soak up all the grinds and just let that sort of like dissolve quickly Um, or not quickly just you know stir it up a little bit and let it sit for a second and then you add the hot water in because what most people talk about when they make instant coffee or instant espresso is it has that burn burny taste like it's not good it tastes like something's off but if you add a little bit of water beforehand kind of get that like the process going and then add the boiling water or hot water i guess um it'll make for a better uh, instant espresso or instant cup of coffee which i did not know and i can't remember when. I i mean, I've never put it into practice, but it's in my head in case it ever happens. So if anyone out there uses instant espresso or instant coffee, uh, you're welcome. Or maybe you already know that. Maybe I'm the one who's behind the times. Who knows? So she says, I hope that helped, Jerry. And then she says, and in the meantime, I think those chocolate dipped strawberries should be done. Hmm. So she takes one out of the fridge and she's like, I've worked hard today. I deserve one, right? And she takes a bite of one says mmm that is so good and then it's just like a smash cut <laughs> of the ending that's the end nothing else but i'll take that you know again it's i've said it so many times before sometimes we don't get that you know weird quirky ending that aina is just so good at but i'll take a you know that is so good but i don't love chocolate strawberries we've talked about it before but i won't i won't rail against chocolate covered strawberries i think it's um i think it's time to wrap this episode up So thank you, everyone, for listening. I want to say for those of you who are um, hydrangeas on my Patreon, I'm doing a bonus episode this week. I'm going to be talking about my top five favorite Halloween candies and also my if I could think of five, but I definitely could think of like at least three because I really do like a lot of candy, like my top three least favorite Halloween candies. So I'm excited for that episode. So that'll be coming out um, on Friday, uh, on the Patreon, the good Patreon, you could sign up at patreon.com slash the good Patreon to get that bonus episode every week. And you can get this main episode on Thursdays instead of Fridays. So check that out. But in the meantime, um, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at GoodVanillaPod, And you can also send me an email at good at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Happy Halloween. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Uh-huh.